Hello everyone, welcome to the Sweeney Show, Business and Law Podcast. I'm David Sweeney. Uh, joining me here today is Kate Hyde of henparty.e. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Kate, you're very welcome. Thanks, Dave. Uh, it's not just henparty.e. I really want to talk to you about uh, your, I suppose, your business and your uh, your entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. and how you set up Hen Party nearly 10 years ago. Yeah, pretty much 10 years ago. And how yeah. you came from that. But like the Hen Party brand has just exploded. Mm. Uh, was that because, I know you use social media a lot, was that mm. because like 10 years ago, maybe if you go back to the start, did you see a need for this? for that company, for that service you were providing? Yeah, so basically 10 years ago, um, a lot of my friends are getting engaged, getting married, and I was asked to be bridesmaid. I've actually been bridesmaid six times, and I realized that when we were planning hen parties, there was nothing in Ireland available to women to plan them. So we were going to UK websites, we were going to American websites, just trying to pull the information. And so I was working in a job at the time I wasn't particularly mad about, um, and I was still very ambitious. I was always kind of ambitious in school and college and everything, but I never quite knew where to put it. So I had this business idea. I had lots of business ideas up to this point, some of them more harebrained than others. Um, but this one maybe resonated a bit more with me because I could actually see there was uh, there were figures behind it. So in the past, you know, I had these fantastic ideas like I was going to knit luxury iron coats for dogs in America and service the luxury dog market in New York. Um, but I couldn't quite off. see. No, funnily, <laughs> and the fact I couldn't knit also somewhat um, poo-pooed it. Uh, but there was, but this one was different because there really wasn't an, in- an industry in Ireland, and yet everyone I knew was going on hen parties. So for that reason as well, I got I found it very hard for people to take it seriously as a business idea at the beginning. Um, you know, banks turned me down. I couldn't get on incubation centres. There was a lot of kind of back then. You see, uh, hen parties was a very body term as well. You know, it was very you know all about like Irish yeah, exactly. Kind of and um, you know, people weren't directly looking to advertise to hen parties, even though women were spending millions on them every year and still do. There wasn't this sort of like public profile for them or focal point for them in Ireland. There were a couple of girly websites, kind of weekend away kind of websites, but there was nothing that screamed hen party. So I was working full time at the time. I had no money. um, And so I started just learning how to, I suppose, uh, well, first of all, I I sold an old car I had um, and got a small credit union loan to fund the building of the website. That was my biggest expense at the time. Um, And then I started to learn things like SEO, uh, marketing, you know, as you said there a while ago, social media wasn't a thing back then. In 2008, it's nearly hard to believe it. But I mean, that's when I joined Facebook. There was nothing and it was a very different platform even back then. So um, I developed lots of tricks. I went live with this, uh, Ireland's first 10 party website. I tried to think of as many free inventive ideas to market it at the time as I could um, so I sent a mass email to everyone I knew saying I had just launched this website and I was trying to break the server and could they help me and um, my now husband then boyfriend who obviously <laughs> was trying to you know was happy to go along with it at the time um, actually dressed as a chicken and walked down Grafton Street with the brand on the back and all these tourists wanted to take their picture with them it was gas um, just guerrilla marketing Is that when he tactics. knew he was the one? <laughs> <laughs> he was willing to do that? I felt so that, that it was it quite a level of commitment. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was, um, I emailed in Nationwide. I, I mean, I was, I, was, uh, I was young enough at the time, I was 28, and I just kind of thought, look, you must you know, have been really driven. 
I was. I was always very driven. I was quite driven in school and in college, but I wasn't very interested in study. And is, I, was your, you know, uh, uh, your college, was that in marketing business? Or no, um, I, I'm actually in Jack of all trades and master of none, that old chestnut. So I went to school in Crosshaven and I left and I repeated my leaving, came to town to repeat it and sure, disaster because like, wow, well, it was so much more exciting than being in Crosshaven. <laughs> so I kind of royally effed that one up <laughs> again. And I um, I went into UCC then and I did biochem for about a year and a half okay. and realised very quickly that I was no more cut out to be a scientist than my yeah. foot. So I, I left, much to everybody's horror. I left and I worked for six months and I travelled with it and, and then I really wanted to prove to myself that if I actually went at the leaving properly I could do it properly. Yeah. So I went back and actually at 21 I did the leaving for a third time believe it or not because I, it was an itch I needed to scratch. Yeah. Um, and I went and I went for BIS, which the points were very high for at the time. They were in 520 at the time and I, you know, I got them and um, and I went into BIS and I was kind of like, well, that's it now. I've proved to myself I can do it. Great. Here I am. And then realized that BIS probably wasn't for me either. I had a lot of so energy, you know, BIS is um, like, that's a, a business information system. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, really, like yeah. Um, it's actually a great degree. Um, it's it's kind of like project management. Like if you think that there is the IT world and the sort of the business and accounting world, I suppose the skills you learn in BIS is to sort of be the bridge between the two. So you're you're understanding all the IT requirements and you're understanding business and accounting requirements and then being able to talk. It's a bit like the soccer manager being able to talk to the goalie and explain how he needs to play and, you yeah, know, to the players and yeah. getting everyone to work as a team. And so a lot of graduates from BIS do very well. They go on to London and uh, big, big investment banks and stuff. Um, but again, it just it just wasn't pulling me in and I had an awful lot of energy and I was very ambitious. I just couldn't necessarily see how that was going to be the route for me out of it. Nevertheless, I came out and I got a job in IT and um, I moved to Waterford actually to my now husband and uh, oh sorry, I actually was on Pepsi's graduate program first and I was training to be an accountant with them. Um, and fabulous job, but again, the pattern started repeating itself. I just, I just wanted to do more. And I just felt like it was very slow pace for me. I just again had all this energy and nowhere so to put it. Did you think then you just had like an entrepreneurial or creative yeah, I drive think so. in you? And yeah. Like those, all those careers you said there, the yeah. biochem, you know, yeah. the BIS and then accountancy, they're, they're quite formulaic and restrictive exactly. uh, professions. That's it. Um, you know, I suppose it was always kind of told me I was smart, I was smart in school and I, 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 it, was, it wasn't that I, I suppose... It was just that, yeah, maybe the creative part of it was missing or that I I needed just more than working for someone. It was I, I think it, very like, driven. I yeah. think it's a very brave thing to actually stop something, isn't it? Yeah. Because all the peer pressure and under pressure from pressure <laughs> yes. get yourself on the yeah. career path and all And that. I'm pretty passionate about that now because um, I thought it was crap <coughs> at the time. I was like, why can't I stick at anything? But actually, I just hadn't found my groove yet and... People have to remember as well, back then, entrepreneurship wasn't really a thing. Do you, you think know? that then there's an, an issue with uh, the academic college programs or schooling that you're not, we're not actually training people to be entrepreneurs? Yeah, training I Training people to pass an exam. I, I was able for college, but I don't think college was the right environment for me. I think it was um, sort of too formulaic. As you said, it was, you know, I would go to lectures, I would sit there, I would write. Whereas naturally as a person, I need to be up and around, I need to be talking, I need to be bouncing off people. And I think that um, 
you know, there's a very old-fashioned sort of view of the world where if you're not in college, you're not sitting there, not, you're not learning, you're not going to succeed. Um, unfortunately, we still need a piece of paper to be recognised to get on into other areas. But I think that there are probably students out there or people who are built like me or from what you said, even like you, that are maybe not fitting into that very sort of rigid academic world and still are able and very, you know, maybe smart, but are should be on a different path. And it's just, you know, Do you think that goes back to like five years of age you start primary school that you're in that cycle or well you, I was making what? bracelets when I was nine and trying to sell them on yeah. the road you know um, but then at the same time I was always sort of I suppose the message in school was you know if you're smart you should be a scientist you should be a doctor you should be a solicitor you should be an accountant and so I suppose I always felt that you that would be, be smart to be solicitor but you know <laughs> oh, yeah. but that's how we're, yeah. we're reared yeah, no, you know yeah. that these yeah, elite yeah. professions are, are it and that yeah. if you're smart then yeah. you pick an elite profession and you go yeah. into it but I suppose even you know I talk a lot at colleges and I talk for startups and stuff like that and it, that's often my message there are other routes and um, it you know you could still argue that it's worth getting the piece of paper because we're not quite out of that yet but just that maybe there's things you could do in tandem with it to allow, at least be able to because if you if you have a lot of energy and you are motivated in a different way to people around you that can explode. Sure. I went yeah. off the rails and I was in my early 20s, like, sure, I was in Henry's and I was in Garvey's and, you know, way too much parting. Because I was, yeah. you know, I just, yeah. um, so I suppose when I started my own business then, I finally had an outlet that I could put all this energy into yeah. and there was no ceiling, there was no limit. I could just keep working as hard as I wanted and to expel as much ideas as I had into it. Um, and the, the very first then hen party you mm, ran, you remember that? Mm, was it a success? Or? Mm, but I was terrified. I mean, when I started the business first, I was just selling advertising and props and stuff, you know, like cowboy hats and stuff like that. And, you know, I was so small, I couldn't even get wholesalers to deal with me. I had to find a guy in the UK who'd nearly do me a favor and sell small packets to me just you know, because I, I had no money. Um, and then I was selling advertising to bars and restaurants and hotels and things. So that you would then, uh, like a hen party would come to you and say, listen, we're running a hen, there's gonna be 10 or 15 of us on it. Um, and then you would then, or you would schedule out what bars they would visit no, that night? Or no, no, that, that was prior to that. They would okay. come and it was like a portal. So they would come and find that information themselves okay. on like a directory of services. Yeah. So my model was that I wrote lots of content for hen parties. They would find it. I was on first page of Google. And then when they were there, then I would advertise these businesses to them and they would pay me in return for that. Yeah. And then by about 2011, I realized that actually there were so many businesses now advertising with me and I had been on Dragon's Den obviously and I had been on Nationwide, I also um, featured on Nationwide, that if I bundled these businesses together and maybe started to go into packages myself that um, there might be a different business avenue there for me. And so, so I did. So the very first group I had out was a group in Waterford and I remember it well and I don't think I slept that night. I couldn't, I think there were 15 Wait, women. nerves? Nerves, okay. nerves, nerves. Uh, it had to go well. It had to go well. Um, I was relying on myself to make sure I had delivered a good service. I was also relying on the service providers that I had booked this group in to make sure that they delivered yeah, the service. Um, you know, what if something went wrong outside my control? What if they didn't enjoy it? You know, um, I'm still driven like that to this day. I'm obsessed with customer service. I'm obsessed with standards. I'm just, and I think you know that yourself as a business owner, if you don't care, you then there's a serious problem, you know? 
So yeah, and luckily it went well, and then I had another few, and yeah. they went well, and it just grew and grew, and then I moved from Washford to Cork, Cork was my next package, I then started building them in Kilkenny after that, and pretty soon I was rolling them out around the country, I was growing my team in, in, in the office in Washford, and you know, last year we had nearly 40,000 people on our events, um, wow. so that's kind of where I've come from, I suppose, just yeah. that 15 people back then to wow. you know, 40,000. You just now. touched on it there, uh, your Dragon's Den mm. experience. So mm. like, we did a bit of research, we watched it, and Mark, our video mm. guy, I think he might just put up a clip of it there. <laughs> um, but but you shivered there so what do you look back at that time in fondness or like is it just oh i don't know it's just that more just the, the thought of that i was just on television oh, yeah. i suppose and stuff but um but you got your deal didn't you yeah yeah he did and yeah. i don't regret it at all and yeah. i gave away quite a lot of my company yeah. at the time but i've since bought it back okay um so i so that's, that's an interesting mm. question for people that watch that show because that mm. was like kind of the first time the dragon's den came into ireland yeah in the first i was in the first series which yeah I, and that a lot of people think that like don't know that some of those deals don't go ahead no they even don't. though they, they get accepted mm. on the show something might happen afterwards mm. in due diligence or something mm, just, just absolutely. Might worked out personality yeah, wise yeah, yeah, yeah. but did, did they actually invest in your company yeah they did um so yeah i was on the first series got the investment from uh, gavin duffy and nilo farrell and um yeah went ahead and in 2015 so they gave me fifteen thousand for 20% each so i had 60 and they had 40 between them um, again, I was looking for ways at the time with zero marketing budget prior to social media to, you know, bring my brand out there. And I suppose going on Dragon's Den was one of the most cost effective ways I could put my brand into people's homes. And I was terrified. I just, I mean, you know, look, you live in Cork, you know, something like that goes wrong. I mean, my backup plan was immigration, you know, that I would leave the country <laughs> if I was publicly, I you know, I was yeah. about to not only go on national television and risk my just started business being completely, you know, lynched publicly. Um, but also in an area where, you know, I couldn't get bank support. I couldn't get, because yeah. people were like, you're mad. What are you doing? You know, yeah. um, but it was a very cost effective marketing yeah. move. And I don't regret it because the amount of publicity out of it was phenomenal yeah. and subsequent publicity. So yeah. I started getting on like morning chat shows, radio shows, stuff like yeah. that. Um, and, and so I don't regret it at all. Hen mm. party, it was it was hen hyphen party yeah. back then, wasn't yeah, it? Was it, it was, yeah, party? oh yeah, yeah I, the, I managed to get that a year later. And then did those those gentlemen like did they bring a lot to the party? Everyone like, always asked me that. Um, they didn't know about hen parties, and they, you know, it they, sounds like they got a really good deal. They did, they did, yeah. and they would have received six figures back on their investment um, when I bought them out. So they each, so they did very well out of their investment. Um, and curious to them, that's the model. You, without you know, a doubt, that. you know, there's a lot of kind of like, you know, you know, this is the way the world is. You, someone takes yeah. a punt in your business at a time where the banks are saying, <coughs> I won't give you an overdraft because hen parties, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. These guys, you know, they probably didn't. And actually, Gavin would be the first one to say, I, he just needs to say, look, you just off you go, you know, as in, that, I, I did my own. And you probably might have seen that yourself as you in your business experience that you invest in the person. Mm. They invested in you mm. and the idea was there. They took yeah. that risk and it I, was in you they were investing. And in return, I didn't particularly I kinda of wanted to show them I could, you know. You know, it was a lot of money at the time to me, thirty thousand, and I wanted to show them that they hadn't made a mistake. Yeah. And so that made me even more determined. Yeah. So no, they didn't get involved in the day to day running of the business. I to. grew the business. They didn't need to. And um but you know, I would get sound bites from Gavin on the radio all the time. 
Um, so it was a very, so it worked well for everybody, yeah. you know, it worked yeah. well for everybody. And yeah. then it came to a point where, you know, I, I wanted to get off the Dragon's Den wheel um, and, you know, the business was going in a certain direction and we started negotiating. And it was a long drawn out process. It was my first negotiation of that kind. You know, yeah. they had been there before, whereas yeah. I hadn't. And uh, so I learned an awful lot in that time. And yeah, I'm a partial company. And, you know, they were they were hard to, <laughs> they were hard, to, I suppose to be very crude, they were hard to get out. And yeah. yet at the same time, yeah, but you're like, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're in it for biz financial reasons. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And it was going well. So you're out of no it. You want yeah. to change that relationship yeah. because you want more autonomy. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously you're putting all the effort well, in. Well, that was it. Yeah, this exactly. thing is, is growing. Yeah, uh, and I think like when you're in business, does it, it it costs money to set up a business? Mm -hmm. It costs money to be in business, mm -hmm. but it also costs money to leave a business as yeah, well. And it now does. you're leaving that stage yeah, of the business yeah. behind. And I don't regret that either. That's yeah. also worked out well for me, and um, and for them. So yeah. so everyone yeah. wins, you know. Yeah. And I'm still in contact with Gavin. I don't have any contact with Neil, but I'm still in contact with Gavin, and he wished me well. Yeah. And he, it's quite strange know. actually if you look back at that series of the. The, the dragons mm. then, the dragons. Mm. Some of those people have had a bad business experience over the last four or five years. That's it, yeah. It isn't yeah. it, you know, yeah. like that. We're all just in it. Yeah, and, and that's it. And and that's just life. And I think yeah. anyone that starts a business recognises that as well. Yeah. It's it's very much about the journey. You know, yeah. it's there are ups, there are downs, there are positives, there are negatives. And that's just the business world, you know. Yeah. And there are people that have made a million, lost a million, yeah. made 10 million, lost 10 million. Some of those dragons haven't done well and others have. Yeah. And But look, at the end of the day, what people did forget as well was I was so serious and driven about my business, but I also recognised it was a TV show. Yeah. And I also recognised it was down to me to harness the publicity I got out of yeah. it. I That's wasn't a skill in itself, isn't it? Because well, yeah. we all meet opportunity, but it's actually using that opportunity yeah. to your best advantage. Exactly. And there was a guy on the show with me and he had... Um, he had this like invention of a handbag with the light in it and he had a fabulous line on the show and it was like something about all duck no dinner and so the next day he got all the publicity from RT and from Shinawil because he was very sellable and I knew that day I, I wised up it was like if I don't make this happen myself and capitalize on this myself I no one else will for me so which was learning as well who owes me that you know yeah, yeah. you get on you want to do it you get up and do it yourself yeah. that's the way I feel um, so you spoke there about you know having those dragons around you that time they're yeah. beneficial but your team around you now has changed mm. isn't it yeah. your husband works with you in the business now. yeah he joined about four years ago which was really hard actually because you know he doesn't still dress up in the chicken no he kill me for saying it uh, but yeah. you know it's kind of um, you know which I suppose maybe a lot of women, women wouldn't say as well I'm, I'm sort of you know I'm 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 bulgy, I'm fiery, you know. I'm I'm not a I'm not a wallflower, and so you know he he joined the business, and that took a while for us both to get used to that dynamic. Um, as I know other husband and wife couples ha have, um, and so we kind of found a way to make it work where that like I still did my own thing, and you know, um, but he, you know, he's just I suppose it's just given us a great quality of life, family wise. He has the. He's different to me, he used to be a solicitor, and so he's very organized, and it's sort of very steady. Um, and I guess that's why it works in our marriage as well. Yeah, we kind of complement each other, and yeah. also in the business. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I have a general manager in Watford as well. And, you know, there's 
20 of us now in the company so 20. yeah 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 wow. um and then we'd work with like a lot of um you know you have a lot of uh, companies i would work with closely for a long time as well that would be sort of like it outsourced sure. stuff like that but they would also be very i'd have very close relationships is, is with the hub in cork where's the hub of the yeah business? no it's actually in waterford, waterford okay. so i've um most people are down in waterford we have a small office here in cork and then i have a virtual office in london now as well where we started off there um, so that's been another fascinating journey and, yeah. you know, another part of because the puzzle. Because like, the hen party is kind of where it started from, but yeah. it's, it's, it's just now taken a different ambit where you mm. have uh, stag parties. Mm. And that's obviously the, the name it's in, yeah. uh, that, that you're now catering for men as well. Yeah, yeah, and we have for a while, yeah. Do you find that there's a different, uh, the product has to be sold differently? Yeah. Into, for yeah, it does. And I suppose being very frank, it's not as lucrative as the um, hen party market either in just that guys are happy to some degree just to rock up, have a bed and a burger or no, that is changing slightly as the times are changing. And actually, it's very interesting at work. We can always get a sense of nearly the economy from what people are asking us just because we have such a large pool of people to talk to, yeah. you know, when the economy is poor, obviously, you know, people are saying, how much stay. more can I get yeah. for my 99 euro? Whereas where, you know, then, you know, it changes but um but yeah it's a different lead time it's a different set of wish lists a uh, different price point it's a completely different animal um, yeah. so and i suppose just because we've been at it so long we kind of know the two and we'd study all our um data and we'd we'd work all that out yeah and he branched out now uh baby shower yeah that's actually starting to really chuck along now again it's a it's a smaller market but it's something that hasn't been in ireland i actually bought that business someone approached me she was getting out of it and it was just like a small website with some stock and we redeveloped it and just took a different like, angle like to it the the baby shower concept like an americanized mm. team has kind of brought into ireland mm. in the last couple of years yeah, yeah. Uh, and what, how how is their business run around that is it you just organize events particularly actually for the baby shower? it's again directory advertising and um and an online store um but it's a bit like catching a cold it starts in the states it goes to the uk and it, it'll come here yeah. so a lot of even for our hens and stags we would track what's going on in the uk to see what's coming for next season over to us same with baby showers it's a no-brainer the amount of people that are now starting to ha like nobody had them when i was having kids um now it just seems like they're becoming more and more like hen parties and birthday parties so you know okay. yeah uh the um so what way is the market currently what are people looking for like do you think it were based on what you said there is the economy healthy now do you think it's are yeah it is back um, spend people are still very price conscious that never went away i suppose what we might see now is if people would say um what how much if i spent x amount more what would i get that's a better standard than that hotel or if i wanted you know to upgrade we actually launched another website the fancy purely on the back of that because we could see that there was a different market opening up like there are some people that will just be price conscious about their hen parties and that's just it but then there are people who are more looking for like a girly experience and they want spas and maybe a four or five star hotel afternoon tea spans the board that's a sort of a trend that came and hasn't gone yet or sort of gin tea parties and that sort of more classier afternoon activity but certainly at the fancier end of the spectrum, people are looking for a little bit more style, a little bit more um, luxury and maybe more like experience than just the laughs and the lols kind of. So yeah. so that's why we started that one. And what's then is uh, Strawberry Hen? Strawberry Hen then is in the UK. So that's okay. our UK website. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's... Is that yeah. recent? Is that there a few years Yeah, now? that's there two years now. Okay. And um, oh my God, I was so naive. I was like, should we, we're market leader here. We'll just do it in the UK. How hard can it be? it is hard it is really hard and it's again been actually really interesting to watch and learn uh, firstly about my own na na naivety um 
but also just how, say... Is that because you said it works here, it has to work there, and then the population over there, we're just going to scale up immediately, yeah, it's going to be huge. Yeah, because why, if we just do what we're doing here, um, we just do it over there, and we'll have access to an enormous market. Um, well, actually, straight away, they talk differently over there in terms of how they interact with us, so we had to learn a whole different way to communicate with our customers. Um, do, they you look mean, do you mean like on social media or do you mean actually how you actually have a conversation? How we actually interact with someone on, the the they have? on email even. It's much more casual, um, much like there's lots of like kisses and smiley faces okay. and stuff. Whereas here we've like a little bit more, more of a formal yeah. tone. Um, and then in terms of the product that they were looking for as well. So here in Ireland, I mean, you know, it's it's very formulaic. You know, we, we go and you have your meal and then you head to the pub for a few drinks. And then, you know, that's when it starts warming up. And then people head on to a nightclub or go dancing or whatever. Whereas in the UK, um, they're not as looking for that part of the hen party to be sorted for them so the sort of the the pub aspect of it they kind of take care of that themselves so again we were offering them this and like they were we were like why don't they want it and so i suppose we were trying to dictate to them what yeah. we thought they wanted rather listen to your customer yeah and yeah no. so i mean it's just been fascinating it's yeah. um it's so just what do, always what, learning. what do does the what's the difference so you see between a british hen and an irish hen um, it's, 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 uh, it's a I mean, two different things no, they're not. They're ultimately the same thing. It's more that to get the sale, you need to talk a different okay. language okay. and understand the requirements yeah. are slightly different. Yeah. Fundamentally, they're the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we are, they are our closest trading partner. Yeah. Fundamentally, they, they're the same yeah. thing, but it's just more the language to get them over the line, their expectations. And also the competitors in the UK market are very different to our company here and we, we obviously have competitors here now and um, and they're different to them as well so we're just in a completely different playing field and it was really challenging it is still really yeah. challenging um, do you think, uh, you know, does, does Brexit do you think that'll have a bearing in your business um, That's you thought about. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, it will. Um, I suppose when I started the business, it was like the worst re recession in our lifetime. So there were hotels literally on their knees and on the floor and they needed business. And that's where I was able to say, look, I yeah, can send you, you 50 women in one night if you give me good rates. Um, so, I mean, if people start tra stop traveling from the UK again, which I don't think they will to the yeah. point people think they will, you know, it probably helps me. I have 40,000 people going out. I'm uh, Someone in a hotel recently do said to me they don't think there's anyone else in Ireland pe placing that many people domestically in Ireland, if you know what I mean. Um, but um, so so that might free up some availability for us. But, um, but it's just going to bring other problems. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, it just is. It's just a... I, I like to swear a lot. I'm really trying to be good here today. Yeah, but no, it's just sorry. a shit fest, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. so... Um, no matter what comes like yeah. there are opportunities here in ireland for us out of it but i don't know if they're going to ever really outweigh the i like to be optimistic but yeah. there's just so much crap out there too yeah you've uh, you've now diversified just mm -hmm. out of purely hen, hen stag mm -hmm. parties you have a company called baked potato as well. yeah uh, big potatoes yeah so that's more for like team building sports outings it's a corporate, corporate yeah so i suppose just you know just in that same sort of small group event space but instead now doing like that work nights out, um, team building is so big so like now in fun Ireland. activities, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, morale like, builders. Like, yeah, exactly. Barbecues, that kind wow. of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, so you're very busy. Like yeah, how, it's pretty full on. Yeah. Like, so obviously that team around, do, yeah. do, do you delegate now yeah. to people? Yeah. Is that something you have to learn as well? Or are we always able to do that? Um, I recognised that I would have to learn how to do that, if that makes sense. So I knew that as the team was building that I'd have to make every... Like that's one thing I often say is that I'm really always very obsessed with everyone knowing what they're supposed to be doing and more importantly what they're not supposed to be doing because when everyone has clarity in their role it's yeah. less likely that balls will be dropped um are you then are you process driven automation do you like does mm. everybody you know this is how we book something yeah. this is how we yeah. book yeah. a hotel yeah so order. we have our own internal yeah. um, bespoke engine that yeah. book makes facilitates all this um yeah. All this, uh, all these volumes of people, basically, you yeah. know, in a. And so then you way. you heavily rely on IT mm. uh, internal mm. systems for that mm -hmm. and for booking massively, yeah. yeah. And we're always, always looking to improve systems and efficiency. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with. I say obsessed a lot. Yeah, I'm always looking to improve efficiency. So the more time salespeople and admin people can spend with the customer, the better the customer experience. The less time they have to spend on the admin side of things, the better sure. for everybody. Yeah. Um, I suppose my challenge is just that as the business has grown and each time it hits a new level and new people have come in or people have left or the playing field has changed, it's always trying to readjust your systems and your staff to sort of fit around that without dropping balls or, you know, it, it's 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 not easy. Like, I mean, yeah. you know that yourself, you know, yeah. you're always hoping you're getting it right and trusting your gut or... Yeah bouncing off people who might have done something similar sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad especially you know? with your kind of business because you're a pioneer mm. in it like you know really <laughs> to, but you know you, you you're you're going into the next frontier all the time mm. into an unknown mm. um but it, it must be hugely exciting as well is it yeah it is, it is. It. yeah i do um yeah there are definitely days where i just love it yeah, yeah. i mean you know it's um i think maybe it's back to what i was saying earlier where um you know, I've always been very ambitious and I was always very driven, but I just couldn't quite find somewhere to put it. Yeah. Um, and this is the longest job I've had now. And, yeah. you know, I've, I'm starting to do other things now as well. I suppose that to some degree the business is running itself and I've got some really good people in now. Um, but it's... They're in your, what they call, I think creative people call it the flow. So when you get your yeah. flow, you're kind of younger, yeah. that's where you're meant to be. Yeah, and I'd love to, yeah, and I'd love to try other things as well, while that's also recognising... Where's the, where the future for Kate and um, the at the moment? I think that the business will continue to grow all going well, and that, but I think that for me personally, maybe at some point there'll be something else I'd like to try. Um, and maybe it won't be anything to do with this, you know. I. You think you might be a mentor on Dragon's Den? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Gavin actually used to joke about that, and he was like, "Do you know what? We'll make you history sometime. Uh, you can come back and take circle. a chair on the yeah. on the show." Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't quite know what it is yet. Yeah. But I feel yeah. sometimes I do feel that kind of restlessness coming back, where I, I'm looking now because because of, for such a long time it was just me, and I you know every decision came to me every problem came to me i was needed in everything and yeah. i suppose just as the business has grown and i've got more and more good people in i don't need to hear and be involved in yeah. anything every more and anymore and sometimes i tinker with things and i shouldn't and then i break them you know so yeah. i think i'm at a point now where i recognize it's running very well um to continue on this road of getting good people around me i can make it grow bigger yeah. um while also maybe giving myself a little bit of freedom maybe for a while to explore other things you know sure and if um someone was starting out say 10 you were you were 10 12 years ago and they, they have an idea and they're starting out in business today what advice would you give them um 
you know, when I started out, it was so lonely. And at times it still is. If you're entrepreneurial, particularly in a medium-sized city, or you, it's very hard always to find people who are wired like you or who will want to, you know, talk about business plans for hours or, you know, talk about just harebrained ideas. Yeah. And um, I think it's really important for people to find people who are built like them. And it's easier now because of social media and because now there are, you know, so many more entrepreneurial platforms out there. But um, there, even when I started, the, I, I had more people telling me, you're crazy, don't do it, than I had saying, wow, what a great idea, you know, I was getting, but like, what about having children? What about your pension? How, what about this? You, you're you so bright, why would you go wasting it all to, you know, start time parties? And it's like, you know, you, it's, these are people who will never yeah. do this, so don't do you, ask their advice. Do you think then that you, Obviously, making business decisions, you value the finances and all that. But do you think you've used a lot of your gut? Like what you felt was right for you to drive yeah. it on for you? Yeah, I think you kind of have to. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know, I have a couple of very, very good friends in Cork who are business owners as well. And we all have the same traits, you know. And and really, we're all, and I go back to what I said it earlier, we're all jack of all trades and masters yeah. of none. I mean, what would I do if I went looking for a job tomorrow? Yeah. What the God's name yeah. would I even... Who, yeah. What am I? Yeah. What in God's name am I? You know, yeah. um, but you know, you just develop skills and you join your dots yeah. and you make you know, enough about finance and enough yeah. about IT to then yeah. see another path. And so, yeah, you're just yeah. constantly joining dots. So and, I think you know, the advice is go do it, isn't it? Just do go it. do it and yeah. aim high. I saw, um, I can't think of her name now. She's the chairperson of the Irish Stock uh, Exchange. That oh i just gone blank on her name i saw her speak once okay and she basically said aim high and yeah. you know i just think people starting off aim high just go wow. for it guys you know great well listen yeah. kate thank you so much for thank your time you for today it's been fascinating to you. Uh, talking to you mm. uh we sincerely wish you the best thank of luck you very much. Uh, and maybe someday we will see you sitting in the dragon's den <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, you. Thank thank you. Thank you.